Well, hello. Hi. <laughs> Guess who's back? Sort of. For one episode. For one episode, at least. <laughs> it's uh, after our mid-season uh, eight or nine-month break, uh, <laughs> or ten-month break. Um, it's time to get back into the exciting world of, of Murder, She Wrote, and Murder, We Pod. Um, we won't do one in next week, because we've got school holidays uh, to take care of. Um, but after that, maybe we might get back to an every odd week uh, episode so that at least we can finish season one at least not every nine months yeah like ten months or yeah. whatever it's been. try and not leave uh, I mean, most of a year we, we started out with some creative differences and then there was a whole global pandemic thing. yeah there was everything so, that's right but we're back we're back for this exciting episode of uh, season one episode 12 murder Mur- to it oh murder to a jazz beat yes also known as some black guy dies in new orleans and the cops don't give a shit at least not at first. Indeed. Um, so, so uh, we will start first with we sing. our exciting we sing. theme song <laughs> that I've, I've forgotten how to do all this right now. Already. We should have done a jazz version. We should be more inspired for today's episode. I don't think I could do that. So let's start with uh, our favourite uh, participant in the project, uh, Judah's uh, much better synopsis of the episode than we ever come up yep. with. Uh, Jessica accidentally shows up two days early for an interview in New Orleans. She gets invited to a special live performance by a feuding jazz quintet, later to be a sextet, to, <laughs> during which frontman Ben Coleman drops dead poisoned most of norlene's wanted the man dead including all of his friends and acquaintances but as always a few magic words and a tv commercial help jb focus on the killer i'm not going to read that last because Indeed. it gives away the, end. the spoiler there yeah, spoiler. all right <laughs> so so wait 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 oh yeah yeah it's not just me tonight on murder she wrote there we go we've there got we our go. sting <laughs> so we open with a View of New Orleans, yes. the river that goes through it. And I know nothing about New Orleans, no. so I don't know the name of this river. But there's a riverboat on it, and there's a bridge. Yeah. And uh, apparently, this is New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really. Of... Whatever that footage was, it didn't shout to me. This is New Orleans. Mm. Like I feel like if they'd started on Bourbon Street or something, it would have maybe. Appa- been apparently, more... it was. They used a lot of New Orleans and Louisiana footage for this episode. Yeah. So, uh... oh, and there's jazz music playing in the background. Yeah, just hear... in case you didn't know. Yeah. Um, and Jessica is speaking to a cabbie. Yeah, a classic TV taxi man. Who apparently likes to make something with stale beer. I yeah. didn't quite catch Gumbo. Gumbo mm. with stale beer. Um, the cab, there's pink tassels around the window. It's yeah. got a fancy, like, like swirly Trim. design on mm. the outside. Um, and they're stuck in traffic. Yeah. And this cabbie's name is, a, uh, by the way, the only cabbie in New Orleans, apparently. Apparently so. His name is Lafayette. Because, and... of course, it is. <laughs> and he's trying to convince her to go on a tour, of a sightseeing tour with him yeah. on the city. Um, but she's got somewhere to be. Yeah. There's a TV station with her name on it. And he says, Miss Jessica, are you a celebrity? Okay, first of all, does she introduce every to herself to every 
person, every cabbie by name? Like, she does she get in the cab and say, my name is Jessica Fletcher. Like, is that... I mean, I don't know. Maybe, am I doing getting in cabs wrong? Maybe. Should I introduce myself by name? Well, maybe nowadays, like, with Uber and things like that, people know who you are maybe Yeah, but the, there was no Uber in 1986 no, but maybe, maybe or that's whatever. what they did beforehand. They manualized I it. I don't think so. No. Anyway, when she explains that she's got somewhere to be... Suddenly, there's no traffic anymore, and he's like sped oh, off. His ass he's... is a big U-turn, I think. yeah, <laughs> which it clearly indicates he was just taking her the wrong way. Yeah, he's... <laughs> um, they pull up in front of the TV station. He like jumps out and like runs around. Opens the door for her. Like he's like in like fast forward mode yeah. now. Um... They get there in four minutes. <laughs> She only had six minutes to go. So she gives him a pile of money and says, "Can but you take my suitcases to the hotel?" I think she actually only gives him one note. Did she? Yeah, I think it's one folded up note. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, which made me think that the only thing that could be surely is a hundred then, because she's taking this train, this taxi from the airport. Yeah. Uh, all the way into the centre of town, which I imagine is a decent distance, and then he's going to take the luggage to the hotel. I could, I mean, maybe a fifty then would would have done as well, but I yeah. Don't know. Hmm. Uh, so they go in the TV studio. She runs in. She runs in, calling for Jonathan, and there's an awful set. Like a t- hmm. I think it's supposed to be like a talk show. Yeah, it's a talk show set, but it's got these big. I can't remember what they're called, but they, I always think of it as Morticia Adams's chair, hmm. like the big rounded back wicker yeah. chairs. Um, and she calls him, and she's panicking, and Jonathan calls to her on like the microphone. The calm thing. Yeah. yeah. And she jumps, and he's surprised to see her. And she's like, what do you mean? And it turns out she's got her dates mixed up. She was supposed to be at a Opening ribbon, a library. Yeah, a ribbon cutting at a library, assuming in Cabot Cove? I mean, this is yeah. it. It very much establishes that she's a, you know, at least nation-trotting, if not globe-trotting celebrity Yeah, I suppose now. she could have been a, anywhere for yeah. this ribbon cutting at a library. But she's got her dates mixed up. She's gone to the wrong place, and... Mm. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. I was too she, late now. Well, she flops down into the big wicker chair, sort of like, "What was me?" with her hand on her head, and then they're like, "Oh well, they know that you're not there by now because mm. apparently the ribbon cutting was supposed to be four minutes, forty minutes ago." She's probably getting paid for it. That's why she's sad secretly. <laughs> she charges a lot for these, and she's gonna be in trouble. Um, but it also seems very un Jessica like. Mm. She she solves murder mis- murders mm. all the time she's super organized and things and yeah. she gets her dates mixed up in her diary it's maybe all this trotting about now though yeah maybe anyway she's two days early so she gets to go see the sights of new orleans and even though she's just promised i'm pretty sure she promised lafayette that she would let him give her to her you you didn't seem no so sure i think about lafayette that. says he's gonna give her a tour but anyway lafayette was expecting to be able to give her a tour mm. and uh Nope. Instead, Jonathan's going to take her out, mm-hmm. show her the sights. But first, he has a meeting he she, has to get to. She actually stumbles over the word hyperbole when she's sitting in the seat. Oh. She has two goes at it. Did she? I, yeah. I'm, I was thinking I was bit, typing my notes too weird. quick. I missed that. What did she, she say? She goes hyperbole. Hyper, hyper, hyperbole. It's like a weird stuttering thing. That, don't know why it was laughed then. What was hyperbole? I think he was being effusive about uh, New Orleans. And oh, she okay. mentioned, you don't need to go to... So much hyperbole or something right. like that. Right, and she... Huh. Yeah. Anyway, well, it wasn't their own editing mistake in this. No, well... <laughs> Jonathan's going to take her to the French Quarter instead and experience jazz. Yes. I mean, do you have to go to the French Quarter? I don't... Like I said, I don't know New Orleans, but I thought the whole thing was jazz, not just the French Quarter. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. So they go to a jazz club. They do. 
and Jonathan says it's it's the place to be, and something about how if you stay there long enough, every jazz musician in the every living yeah, artist yeah. will walk by you. Yeah. Um, there's what I assumed at first was a waiter called mm-hmm. Eddie mm-hmm. standing, um, holding a coffee. Um, he he seems to be dressed like a waiter. I yeah. assume he's a waiter in the club. Um, Jonathan introduces them and asks where Ben and Aaron are. There's a lot of characters in this episode. Yeah. It's really hard to keep track of all the all the characters. Um, Eddie says that he can't talk because he has to get co- the coffee to Ben while it's still hot. And Eddie seems a bit afraid of Ben. Mm. Um, yeah. So off they go. They also mentioned at this point that Jonathan knows Jessica from Maine. They, oh, okay. Yeah, they, they introdu- yeah. So he introduces us. Here's my friend uh, uh, I know from Maine. So right. they, impl- they imply that Maine was where they were. Well, maybe they're like school friends yeah, or something. Um, so then we cut to a group of people sitting around a table talking. Um, ben Coleman is one of them. And he is doing most of the talking. And he's sitting there in a really awkward way. <laughs> like with his hand, like just 90 touching. Degrees, like this, 90, this mm. awkward angle. Just so he can put his hand on this woman's shoulder. Mm. Um, but just barely touching her too. Mm. Like the lightest touch. It's like he's almost afraid to touch her. But he really wants to touch her. Anyway, we find out later that her name's Lisa and we don't see her again. So. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a role. Um, so Jonathan and Jessica come in and the things that they were talking about, I think he was just sort of telling stories about being a jazz musician and making himself sound good. Yeah. To, to, was, to, his, to his band. To the manager. Yeah, he, so he's talking well, to his manager. He's talking to two some other two guys, other people, but yeah. the, they're, they're not, not the his band. bandmates. No. They're just some guys. Yeah. Um, so most of the men go as well as Lisa. She doesn't look very happy about leaving, and she looks at um, the manager, who we will find out is Aaron Kramer, and she says, do you see something you don't like, Mr. Kramer? And he says, I see a lot of things that I don't like. And then she leaves. Yeah. Um, so I guess they've got business things to discuss because when, because Jonathan told Jessica that he had a meeting. Yeah. He shows up, he sees Aaron, they have a couple of words, but no meeting. And then... I think he just wants to check they're still on for the show tonight. Right. I I think that's it. Anyway, there's a show tonight in a barn or what they call a barn. It turns Mm. out to just be a jazz club that is decorated to look like a barn, I guess. Um... And Aaron, the uh, manager, had said how much he loves JB's books as oh, well. Oh, of course, they, yes. They, you know, has a, there's always at least but one. But he, he likes to read them on his flights. Yeah, all and, his international jet set. And... Yeah, um, but he can't... He The problem with them is that they keep him awake. Keep him awake. He's too tired. And he's got bags under his eyes. Not her fault. <laughs> so at this point, we learn that the Ben Coleman Quintet... Yeah, that's Quintet. Quintet. For five. <laughs> is leaving New Orleans to go to Las Vegas, but it's actually not going to be a quintet that's five anymore um, because Ben's basically going solo. He sacked a lot of them, yeah. Yep. Um, we then meet a couple of his bandmates, Yubi and Heck. Um, they're mad about Ben ditching them. But and... he hasn't told them. They've just sort of heard through the grapevine that they're being ditched as well. Yeah, Ben says he's sorry to be leaving the three of them. There's yeah. only two there yep. and even if there was three others that it still doesn't, doesn't make, make five, five. Um, anyway but then so they ask him if he's ditching Callie too that's his wife who's not Lisa mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so 
guy number three turns out to be Jimmy later. Yeah. So we never learn who person number five is in the band. It's kind of thought that it's Callie. Yeah. Would, but then later on when we see the band performing, there seems to be more than five. And, so, well, and at the end anyway, they call it the sextet. Yeah, and later on they actually end up calling it the sextet. So we're not sure how many people were actually in this group. No. But it doesn't really matter. Um... But yeah, so he's, he's quite sad about all the hard times they'd had and yep. all the difficulties they shared, and now they're just being dumped here. And so Ben gets in his face and says, uh, you know, you don't have the guts to do anything. Your guts are... He pats his belly. Your guts <laughs> are behind your belt buckle here. Yeah. I, I don't quite get because that's where everyone's guts are, well, behind their belt buckle. Yeah. So with you missed a bit, though, here. So Aaron... Aaron tells them that the reason they're they're leaving the group that Aaron says oh, that yeah. the reason Aaron Ben is leaving the group down. is because Las Vegas wants another sound or a new sound, which doesn't really make sense because why would they hire somebody to play, but ask them to do a different sound that doesn't really make sense anyway. Yubi grabs Ben by the arms and says, "Sixteen years, I ought to kill you." JB's watching all of this with great interest. I'm surprised she doesn't already have her notebook out. Like, mm. ready to take notes for her next book. I can smell a murder. Um, and then, and then that's when Ben says, you won't kill me. And then he makes a comment about his weight, which is just messed up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. So then he, Ben, buggers off and leaves them on yeah. their own there. And Aaron uh, invites Jessica to the, um, the show tonight. Yep. It'll be a sound like you've never heard. Mm, yeah. They just sound like a jazz band. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't much. sound any different. No, but then it's like super but, weird because um, Jonathan, when, when Ben invites, uh, sorry, Aaron invites Jessica to the show tonight, mm-hmm. and Jessica sort of demurs oh, yeah, and yeah. goes, "Oh, I'm not sure." And then Jonathan goes, "You'll be there." Yeah, <laughs> and then like, I'm going to be kidnapping you. You don't have a choice. It was really weird. Um, I kind of thought that maybe the reason there was a sound like you've never heard is because they're very clear that it's a barn. It's called the barn or something yeah. like that. Um, but it still sounds like... Yeah, it, it's all... Yeah. The it's actor strange. the actor who plays Jonathan, when he delivers his ominous, you'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that that was the guy who originally played the Emperor in Star Wars before they uh, digitally added Ian McDermott back into Empire Strikes Back. So the original hologram where the chimpanzee eyes um, that was played and voiced by uh, the guy who played uh, Jonathan here I think that's maybe what made me feel subconsciously uh, um, that you'll be there <laughs> was a bit evil sounding Um. so then Aaron gets up to go and they're done with their meeting whatever the meeting was yeah. that that was it Um. and then and then they basically just go. Yeah, then we just cut to the... But you see the background here, and I thought it looks so much like a European castle set, but they just put sort of some screens up across mm-hmm. with some music notes on them. I wasn't sure if this was a set or if this was actually Might be a place, place in New so, Orleans. Yeah. It just seemed very strange. I don't know. It's not what I expect New Orleans to look like, but... It looks but, European. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now they get to the barn. Yep. It's that evening... Jessica's got her nice little shawl on, looking yep. like she's ready for a, a, a barn dance, maybe? <laughs> I mean, she says she's dressed for a concert. Yeah, exactly. She says that hall. she was expecting a concert hall, but yeah. they said it was a, a barn. barn. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't she supposed...
supposed to be good at I mean, catching it's, nuance? It's in... not a barn either. I no, suppose. it's not. But it's yeah, you know, you would think it would be a. It's a, just got like wooden club. walls. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jonathan leads her through the crowd to the back office where Aaron should be. Um, and then we cut to a woman who's sort of sorting through some sheets of music. Yep. I don't know what she's doing there. She's just browsing just the score. Looking at the I music. I suppose it turns out she's a pianist, so maybe she's just... Maybe, maybe she's making sure it's all in the right yeah. order or something. Um, so Eddie walks in, and apparently he's been talking to Ben. And then Eddie pulls out a rose and gives it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realize, realize that this is Callie. He tells her she's special. Yep. And Callie is very different from Lisa. Mm-hmm. They're very opposite ends of the spectrum as far mm. as appearance and the way they hold themselves mm. <laughs> and so on. Very proper and demure. Yes, Callie is proper. Lisa was not. Whole bag. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, she says that Eddie's special to her too. At this point, I think it's it's becoming obvious that Eddie's got... Special. He's He's he got looks, some sort yeah. of special needs going on. Mm. He's not... Um, not all there. Yeah. Um, Eddie notes the rest of the band isn't going to Vegas. Yubi's mad. She says, yes, they're all mad and hurt. Um, Callie says that she also knows that Ben's got a new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she says it won't last any longer than any of the others. So obviously this is something that happens all the time. And she doesn't really seem to care. Well, she seems to care. I think it hurts her, but mm. she's she's used to it. Yeah. I don't know. She's she dealt needs, with this before. She needs to get out of this relationship. Mm. She's gonna... Well, <laughs> spoilers. Eddie says that uh, sometimes he don't like Ben much. Nope. Um, and I thought, well, no, he's yeah. a dick. Yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> um, but she says how she loves Ben. They all love Ben. Yeah, they all they can't help loving him. Loving him. Eddie's not um, so sure, though. <laughs> then she pats him on the cheek, mm. like all patronizingly, mm. and goes and puts the rose in a glass of water. Just just a glass of yeah. water sitting there. That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron and Jessica go... No, Jonathan and Jessica. Sorry. Oh, yep, they Jonathan. Yeah. It doesn't know. Aaron and Jonathan, I thought, looked quite mm, similar as well. Yeah. So Jonathan and Jessica go to the office and hear shouting. Aaron's in there shouting at Ben. Um, say, you're a great talent, but it's a shame that people will never see how great. Yeah. I mean, but people it, already have seen how great he is. So like the way you mentioned it, though... It, it, you don't hear Ben. Yeah. So it was because you said, uh, is Ben already dead? <laughs> and I was like, this is exactly what they do in these shows yeah. when they're trying to establish some sort of alibi. Yeah. And he's just shouting at nobody. Yeah. But then a few minutes later, so Aaron comes out, slams the door, and then um, Jessica and the the three of them all sort of leave and go, go back. They go to their seats. Go, yeah. Well, they don't really have, do they have seats? He, Aaron says he's got them seats. Right. Okay. Um, and then we see Ben come out looking Grumpy. pissed off and yeah. he comes to another door where he runs into Callie um, she gives him some gum he says he'd rather have a cigarette and then she tells him about she's heard what happened this afternoon he asks if she's got people spying on him she says that it's messed up what he's doing um, and he and so he's dropped the rest of the band is he going to drop her too he says no and they've got each other forever, come rain or shine. And, and she knows why. And she knows why. And neither of them look particularly happy mm. about it. Um, so then we go to the performance. We see the band together. There's lots of people standing up playing instruments, and it doesn't seem to be five or six or any other. 
anyway. Um, it's also a bit confusing because we see like Eddie's standing there and Eddie's not actually part of the band. He's just sort of swapping out instruments for different people as they need to. Um, but yeah, so how many people are in this quintet? It's yeah. quite tricky to the end. But again, it doesn't really matter. No, but Jessica's feet are tapping away. Yes, her well-shod feet. She's got some nice yeah. shoes on there, tapping away. Uh, Callie is clearly fake playing the piano. Uh, <laughs> she never does, uh, Well, not all the time, but a number of the time, her hands don't seem to go down on the keys. They go, go over the keys. Um, And then Aaron goes to introduce the next song, and then there's this big like, hoo-ha over the clarinet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Miss Emma, mm. which seems strange. Mm. I, I, did, I, I think I think that's a common thing, though, isn't it? or at least it's a common sort of trope. Musicians typically name that their... the big jazz guys all had names for their instruments. Mm. Got to blow on Miss Emma. <laughs> um. Anyone claps and Jessica acts like she understands what's happening. <laughs> Miss Emma's the name of uh, Jessica Fletcher's cousin in London. Is it? Mm. Oh, well, there you mm. go. <laughs> um, more music. Everybody's enjoying it. But who does the who did the clarinet belong to? Oh yes, yeah, sweet buddy, buddy. I don't know. Sweet, sweet is his, his mentor. Ben's mentor. Sweet yes. buddy Benson. I think it was. He I wrote passed, it down later. He had passed down this uh, wonderful instrument, apparently. And it was, but so it was, it was. It was. It was a big act, as if this was a huge thing. And this was this. You know, some sort yeah. of legendary this instrument. Is a very special. And he's going to play that guy's famous song. The Urban Street Concerto. That's what it is that they're going to play. And right. so, so he starts playing, and he's a great... Has a drink of coffee first. He has a drink of his coffee. Yeah. Because he likes his hot coffee. Yeah. Um, and then he starts playing, yeah. and everybody's watching him really intently. Mm. We see close-ups of Callie watching him intently, Eddie, Yubi, um, the manager. Everybody's, like, seriously into watching this guy play his clarinet. Mm. And he's doing great, and then all of a sudden he misses a note, collapses, and he's dead. Subtitles say, Ben plays bum note. <laughs> um, a doctor yeah, from the crowd there. happens mm. to be there, runs up, and doesn't even seem to like check Just his pulse much. or anything. He lifts up an eyelid and goes, mm. he's dead. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I think that's probably cutting to the commercials. Mm. No, probably just because JB goes, yeah, that's murder. <laughs> Because that's what she does. <laughs> that's what she does. She says, no, he's he's been murdered. I, but I think that's after the commercial break. I think right. there was a there was a break there. Um, and Aaron says, it looks like something out of your book, one of your books. And Jessica says, it's something exactly out of one of my books. So Did I you? thought this was going to be a case of like, Something somebody had read it. her yeah. book mm. and went, oh, that's what we can do. Her book but Murder just, on the Amazon. Yeah, it's just a coincidence, mm. turns out. Yeah. Well, yeah. But because Aaron said he'd been reading her books, yeah. maybe he, if he'd read her books, then... Got inspired by the idea. Yeah. Um, the doctor comes over and says something um, about it being a, Cardiac, a heart attack. Heart attack yeah. um, Jessica says, no, it's not. He was poisoned. She recognizes the signs. <laughs> and and then, then... Yeah, there's the little moon white crescents on his fingernails and the slight blue tinge to his lips. I think that happens when people die, though, anyway. <laughs> like a massive heart attack. But. Um, so when she says poison, we see Callie, <laughs> Callie. surreptitiously... <laughs> Slip a cup of coffee take, into her handbag. Take the whole cup of yeah, coffee. Which presumably still has coffee in it. It just sticks it in her handbag. Yeah. And it's a little styrofoam yeah. cup. 
So the doctor says, oh, well, I'm not well-versed in poisons. And that. And then Jessica, a bit patronizing, says, well, even if you were, you wouldn't, you wouldn't you know what this, this was. Yeah. Um, it's very rare. Yeah, that apparently leaves physiological symptoms that are quite, I think, consistent with... Yeah, you think well. it'd be a common poison. We never hear what the poison is, do no. we? It's just something from South, South America. America. Yes, it's very exotic. <laughs> um, and as soon as the doctor says that, basically the police start sweeping yep, in. Yep, so the, we hear sirens, the police come in, the police, the policeman comes in, the detective, Simeon Kershaw, that's right. comes in, he lifts up the the coat that's on top of the body, yeah. looks at it, doesn't, doesn't again, yeah. doesn't check for a pulse, yeah. doesn't do anything else, says... Yep, he's dead. Yeah. He, he dead. <laughs> um, says, who who called me? The mm. doctor says, I called you. Surely it would have been like a manager of the mm. bar or something. Somebody would have called been the it one. presumably while the doctor was trying to resuscitate him. Yep. Or examine him. Um, the doctor says, it was a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I can tell by looking at this man it was a heart attack, mm. which... But she didn't grab at his chest while he was collapsing. No, so and didn't. and also, I mean, he was a young, yeah, a fairly well, young, yeah, young enough that, that, with thin, no thin, no problems, yeah. no obvious mm. medical problems. He wasn't smoking ten thousand cigarettes a Not day, anymore. and anyway, it mm. doesn't it doesn't seem like a, you don't do that. Yeah. You don't say heart attack. <laughs> um, and then he says, "But that lady over there, she doesn't think it was a heart attack," and the police officer. Ignores everything else that's going on. Doesn't mm-hmm. bother looking at any evidence or taking in the scene. Goes over to Jessica. Says, what makes you think that it's a poison? Well, he says, where did you get your degree in pathology? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, she says, well, actually, I'm a writer. Ugh, have you not heard of me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're the only person in New Orleans who hasn't heard of me. Um, and she says she came across a poison when researching her book, Murder on the Amazon. She describes it as a weird thing. She says like an obscure curare der wati or something like that. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Um, what is that? Who cares? Some <laughs> um, poison. He says something about Miss Fletcher and she corrects yeah. him that it's Mrs. Yeah. Yeah. Although Frank's been dead for quite some time. Yes, but, but right. she's still, yeah. still Mrs. And yeah. also she's, she's an older lady. You yeah. probably wouldn't re- re- just default to miss mm. is it miss. anyway um he basically gets all pissed off about mm. her even suggesting this and says that if that he's gonna talk to the coroner and if the coroner rules out that it was a poison then he's going to arrest that her and aaron for impeding in a police investigation well, he says he says he doesn't read novels oh yes he does read people <laughs> Yes, that's right. And this is a, this is clearly a publicity stunt. <laughs> a what? What did they kill the guy, or are they just taking advantage of his death to promote a book? Maybe. Maybe. What? Is this? Do you think this is? Do you think Murder on the Amazon is her latest book? Like, maybe. She's, maybe. Yeah, that's what which she was is even more about, of a yeah. coincidence, really. Yeah. It goes. Autopsies cost time and money. The guy just. <laughs> died He's, he wasn't in a hospital or under a doctor's care i would have thought that an autopsy is a standard thing to do when people mysteriously drop dead yep so anyway he threatens jessica yeah. and then they all leave yeah. they take the body and they leave they don't mm. question any witnesses That's it. no don't look they for don't evidence. look for evidence no, they, they just you know, sweep out the door just done That's that it, was yeah. it that was all of it well, i sure hope if anybody did any murdering here tonight they don't clean up all the evidence of it while we go home you know, at least you know he, the the man died with a clarinet in his mouth. Mm. 
like at least and maybe... one and one person says I think this is poison. Yeah, It'll just take the thing that he'd yeah. been blowing on, <laughs> just in case, just yeah. in case, bag it up. But anyway, yeah, Jessica's told ten a.m. tomorrow be in my office. Yeah. What? Eh? <laughs> For what? The results of the autopsy that you're gonna have to do now. Even that's um, quite quick. An yeah. Overnight autopsy. So then, right away, Carl Turnbull, who's mm. like the manage. Uh, He's the news director. The news director at the t- television station WBDX, that Jonathan works at yeah. shows up. And he says, Jonathan, why didn't you tell me that there'd been a murder and we have it all on tape? Yeah, because he wants to put the death on the news at 11. Yep. It's like, wow. Um, hmm. Jonathan says, showing him die, that's sorted. Um, they'll have to go go see the station manager about it. Yeah. Um, and which means that Jessica's ride, is, ride home is going off to talk to yeah. the station manager at the so, TV so station. So Jonathan asks if uh, Aaron can give Jessica a ride home. And Aaron's all for that. Ride to hotel. Yeah. He's ready to take Jessica home. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, <laughs> Jessica says she can just get a cab. Yeah. And Aaron's like, no, 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 no. Lafayette's stalking me. He's probably <laughs> out there right now. He wants to buy Jessica a nightcap. Oh my. And Jessica notices though at this point that the cup is missing. So the cup yeah, of so coffee. She sees, so she sees a ring yeah, a on wet the ring. piano. A no. wet ring. Now, I'm con- I know we talked about this, but I'm confused because it was a hot cup of coffee on this piano. It wouldn't leave a condensation ring unless he'd spilled some or something. Mm. And it's not a condensation ring. And that was definitely a condensation it ring was, that she yeah, was checking yeah, out on yeah. that piano. Whatever. Yeah, Erin wants to buy her a nightcap because they're not going to... It's gonna be a hard. T- it's gonna be hard to get to sleep tonight no after sleep all of this happening. Time. And at this point, Jessica doesn't point out that she's seen several murders. Yeah, yeah. This, this is not my first rodeo, sunshine. <laughs> this is just another Friday for JB Fletcher. And then just before we leave, we see Eddie standing in the background, looking guilty. The so they cut into the hotel where they're having the nightcap with this like weird cave wall. But I don't. To, if I said to you, I'm having a nightcap. Mm. What would you think I was drinking? A, like an alcoholic drink? Anything particular? Do you think? I think nightcaps are like little short things, like yeah. liqueurs or, yeah. or spirits. Not, but he's I, having a glass of beer and she's having a glass of wine. Uh, well. Doesn't seem like a nightcap. They've been necking it. Be, this seems weird. <laughs> They're going to be necking it later. <laughs> His glass is pointy, and yeah, and it's like a weird cave that they're in. Yeah, there's like water mm. dripping down the wall. <laughs> I think anyway, it was supposed yeah. to be like a water feature, like maybe, a fountain. Maybe it was but... just a leak. <laughs> but Jessica asks if he's uh, if he if um, uh, Ben always has coffee. Um, his performances now and says that uh, gum and coffee were substitutes for previous bad habits that Ben was trying to get rid of, and that Callie was responsible for trying to get him. Although he refers to Carol. Uh, and Mrs. Coleman. Mrs. Coleman. And so we're left with, who the hell's Carol? Who the hell's Mrs. Coleman? <laughs> How many women when does this guy this, uh, have? Is this his mother? But it, turn, it turns out that Callie is Carol. Yeah, and Mrs. Mrs. Coleman. Coleman yeah. um, but that Ben basically renamed her because he didn't like the name Callie. So, Car- Carol, he didn't like. Sorry, he didn't like the name Carol. Carol, so yeah, he calls her Callie. And says that Carol was too highfalutin of a name. So, yeah. Whatever. What a what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Why is she with him? So I don't know. This this scene is a bit weird as well because it's basically just for them to be able to say that yeah, the gum and the coffee was a thing, and Callie was somehow responsible for that change. 
for him. And since she was the one that gave him the coffee, and yeah. of course she was the one who put the coffee cup in her bag. Yeah. Presumably the viewer is supposed to think, well, it's, well, it must be Callie that did it. Yeah, then. it's sort of to reiterate information that we already know. Like, yeah, obviously Jessi- Jessica stuff, yeah. needs to learn this, but the audience has already seen yeah. it. So surely they could have probably just cut out the bit earlier with Callie giving yeah, it. Yeah, you could have watched Jessica. You could have, like, taken gum out of his mouth and stuck it on the piano and have her look a bit disgusted at mm. it or something and then have a spig of his coffee and... But, if that's what they're trying to get yeah, into. Yeah, they're but, sort of just double downing or doubling yeah. up on giving us this information. Because obviously Jessica needs it. Yeah, well, sort but, of. Yeah. Oh. So then we just jump and cut to the detective's office in the, the morning. The next morning, and they're watching a tape of the news where yeah. they showed the death, the death mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like that would right. have been allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did. And then they're just watching the actual death scene over and over yeah. again. Well, Instead they, of yeah. rewinding to see the stuff that happened. Well, because they're oh, just no, watching... Sorry, you they're know, just they, yeah, yeah, they're just watching the actual news later, broadcast. Later, this is my issue. And the, uh, the anchor says, um, apparently they, there's heard rumours that this was a homicide. Yep. And they're going to hear more about it later on. And then the detective's very grumpy about this and takes the tape out of the video machine. And But why is he grumpy about it? Because he says to Jessica... That the coroner came back and said it was a heart attack, but then I told the coroner to double check, and then the coroner came back and said, yeah, it was poison. So why is he still pissed off at Jessica? Well, he hasn't talked about that yet, but yeah. Because the first thing happens is Jonathan arrives outside, because the police or detective is saying, oh, this bloody Jonathan's a right fucking idiot for letting this death go on TV. And as soon as he says that, Jonathan appears in the in the doorway, all dishevelled. And apparently he uh, forced the issue and uh, and just quit when they then the uh, TV director and the station manager decided to run the footage of the death. Um. So then it's then the detective tells us that uh, apparently he forced the local bookstore owner to get up in the middle of the night to open his store so he could buy a copy of Murder on the Amazon, which couldn't have been more than ten hours ago. And, and it's a big and it's book. A big book. Now, I did see actually later on that it is um, the sleeve of the book has been used as a bookmark about oh, right. about maybe like 50 or 60 pages in. So it's possible that's where the poison and the murder happens. And right. he read up to that part. But they certainly imply before then that he's read this whole book after rousing out of bed the poor bookstore owner in a big city like New Orleans. It just seems a bit weird. Um this guy, a detective, comes to your house with a gun and says, I need you to open your shop and get get me a book. Wouldn't you tell him to just um, wait? So this is when we when he talks about how the coroner found yeah. that it was indeed a murder. Yeah. But so he's he's but he seems pissed off at Jessica. Yeah. He already has this information. Mm. He already knows he does, yeah. that it was it was indeed mm. a poison. And that it was because of her help that because he said double check yeah. the liver because of the poison in the. It's th- kind of surprising that he actually told the coroner yeah. to double check yeah. when he was so convinced. He was, was happy with a heart attack. Yeah. yeah, this has just made more work for him. Yeah. Um, so. They found poison at the, the the liver, and apparently the group had just returned from South America. Yep, and there was other junk in his system as and well. And drugs were found in Ben's system as well. Yeah. Um, the detective had suspected the group of being involved in smuggling, <laughs> but apparently he could never get anything on them. At which point I said, "How? And smuggling works because nobody knows you're doing it. As soon as somebody knows you're doing it, or suspects you're doing it, they're going to search everything. Yeah, it's really hard to be smuggling." When people are suspicious of you, and then he, in within a very short time frame, calls um, Ben a 
two-bit street punk. Yep. And then, again, he said, calls him a punk again a few minutes later. So Because it turns out that Ben and his brother had robbed a liquor store. Yes. Uh, he had suspected that they had been responsible. They had them dead to rights, he said. But then Callie gave them an alibi that they couldn't break. She swore that they were with her the whole night. And therefore they were unable to secure a conviction. But he knows he knows that Ben was just nothing but a, another punk, two-bit street thug, two-bit punk, four, nine, six, a quintet of punks. And the detective's a racist. A little bit, yeah. 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 Um, so that explains why Ben is stuck with Callie. Yeah. But it doesn't explain why Callie's stuck with Ben. Well, except that she loves him. But he's a dick to her. Yeah, I know. But you know what women are like. You know, you stick with me. Don't make me break your Sweeties. way. Sweeties. <laughs> <laughs> We're on tape this time. <laughs> it turns out that Ben's brother died in a street fight a few years after the liquor store robbery as well. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's irrelevant. Irre- um, completely yeah. irrelevant. We do re- learn later that the man, that the brother's name was Joey. Mm. But again, doesn't matter. Extra uh, information that could probably just be edited out. It, he didn't need to have a brother. He could have just been doing yeah. the robbery with Eddie and just left the brother out entirely. So they think basically that the poison might have been in the coffee. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 so he says he had the police. Oh, because they see on the. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, they, they said they had the police scoured the place. Uh, this morning, he sent them back to the place this morning to gather evidence. Because because bars leave coffee cups yeah. sitting on pianos overnight. Yeah, JB but- says she noticed that the co- uh, the cup had been missing from the uh, piano. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a bit mad how he how, how <laughs> terrible this investigation has started. Um. So then he says, "Oh, the detect the killer took it with him." Um. And about then, the coffee. And the detective uh, it- goes. <laughs> Or her. Or her. Yeah. Um, lady. So, yeah, basically, maybe you should have done a better investigation yeah. at the time. Yeah, but, uh, any <laughs> level of investigation. They didn't talk to anybody. Were, they just they went in and picked evidence. up the body and they threatened... Just, I'm not even sure they picked up the body. I think they just no, looked at it. No, they did they, haul they, it away. They see it yeah. You see it wrapped up in mm. cloth and hauled off. Mm. Um, so there were a dozen people there with motive and opportunity, he says. Mm. Um, but Jessica says, wait, there's footage of the whole night. <laughs> the world's Why don't we detective. just look at that? <laughs> and Jonathan are astonished at the idea <laughs> that they could look at the three camera setup that they've been <laughs> recording on. And maybe they might see something where he drinks the poison or whatnot. So they're off to the TV station because that's where all of the, the tapes are. Mm. And... They keep just watching him collapse over and over again. Mm. And eventually Jessica's like, why don't you rewind and see what happens before this? <laughs> yeah, because the collapsing bit's probably not the important It's one. not really helpful, is it? Um, so then we see him take a drink of coffee and then kind of lick his clarinet reed. Um, and then they fast forward again and they see Callie drinking the coffee. So it's not the coffee because Callie wouldn't have been able to drink it. Yeah. So... Why did she take the coffee, though? Is... And I, I'm, I was watching this thinking, surely if they f- kept watching the footage afterwards, that I doubt the cameraman would have turned off the cameras. No, so they probably would have had evidence to show of Callie yeah. taking the yeah. coffee cup if they'd continued looking. Yeah. But they don't. So Jessica does a mild blackmail right in front of the detective <laughs> now, where she says to the... Um... No, no, because... So the... The TV station TV, the, uh, Yeah, the station news director had come in. Comes in and says, how dare you, to Jonathan, how dare you be using our equipment. our equipment? You were fired or quit your job or terminated yeah. earlier. 
Um, and then he sees the detective turn around and goes, oh, oh, detective, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Of course you can use this We all, equipment. in the most southern, <laughs> I love to cooperate with the authorities. That's a big Cartman-y there. <laughs> They're supposed to be. Um, and then Jessica does, does her blackmail. The male blackmail where she says, well, you know, I know who did it and I'm prepared to talk about it live on TV on my friend's show. But if he doesn't have a show here, maybe we'll go somewhere else. And then we get a good, good day, Mr. Good, Turnbull. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Turnbull's mad and he's basically stammering over his own feet. Don't leave. Don't leave. You can have a show. Which seems a bit weird because... It they seems give like the they've show already back. given him the show. Yeah, they was like, oh no, you can have it back. But they don't seem to acknowledge that at all. But yeah, whatever. Um, And then as they walk out, just the... the what's the, the police officer's name? The detective? De- detective Kershaw? Kershaw, yeah. yeah. He says, so what's your theory? What's your theory? She says, oh, you don't have one yet. Yeah, got half a theory. <laughs> um, but I had to say something cause to that insufferable man. <laughs> Oh, sure. It's yeah. nice to see she bluffs a little bit as well. Yeah. And she says, so now it turns out the detective is busy analysing all the gum. Yes. In the in the place, which imagine that, scraping that That's off. That's just disgusting. He's convinced that Callie but, must have poisoned, uh, poisoned the gum. Yeah. It's strange, though, that, like, obviously he, he didn't chew up a lot of gum, so it would have been gum that he'd recently eaten. Yeah. He hadn't walked past a lot of tables and things to scrape off the gum. No. Yeah, apparently they'd been picking up every bit of gum in the place. Uh, But it turns out that apparently only three of them were going to go to Vegas. Hold on, so we're in Jessica's hotel room at the Hotel de Elegance de New Orleans. (laughs) And she's on the phone to Jonathan, who's standing at a payphone. He's on on the street. (laughs) Just standing there. He he must have lived in the station. Jonathan spent the morning with the detective Mm -hmm. going over evidence because that's That's what... Detectives do. That's what you do. Mm Go ahead. Yeah, so apparently only three people were booked to go to Vegas, and Callie wasn't one of them. It was, was... going to be Lisa, Eddie, and Ben were the only ones who would actually fly out to um, Vegas. So Jessica finishes her call now and decides to head out of the hotel, and who is there? Thank the goodness she needs, a, she needs a taxi. She holds her hand out, and Lafayette screeches up. Uh, he must just be her. circling her hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Uh, so he's delighted that she's ready for a sightseeing tour now. Um, but uh, it turns out that uh, she wants to go to see Ben's band. So she asks if he knows where any of these uh, band people are. Because he claimed before that he's, he knows he's everything. He's a master of the food and music of uh, all of New Orleans, um, which, you know, presumably is a, a large city. Um, so what's the population of? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know what it was in 1986 either, but it's a big... It's a big city, so it's weird that he knows these three band band members and where they will be. Yeah, well, everybody seems to know who they are. It turns out that they're auditioning. Yeah. So I could understand, perhaps, you might know where they live. Or or, even where they're playing Or or maybe where where they're normally based. But given the fact that they've just got this audition, (laughs) but somehow Lafayette knows where they are. Yep. And he takes them to the sort of restaurant or club. It looks like a house. It looks like a house, yeah. With some tables. It's a very small set this time. Um, and the uh, we, we, we cut now to see Jessica watching them um, yep. auditioning. <clears throat> and it sounds very nice. Uh, although yep. the owner is keen to emphasise that things are pretty slow and he might, he might have something later at the end of the month, but there's not going to be much for these guys. Um, they... They say that 
so Jessica talks to him, basically. Um, they're, they all act a bit guilty, but all say that they didn't do it. Yeah, we've all got motives, but we didn't do it. Um, she says to them, oh, but don't worry about it, because Aaron said he's going to get you lots of work. And they're like, well, Aaron's kind of a shit manager. Like, he's not, he's not good at... So why is he their manager? Well, I don't know. But he does manage to keep them, as we find out, man, <laughs> yes. and he's keep giving them the money anyway. Um... Yubi says that Aaron tries, but he's just spread too thin, and he's a terrible businessman. But he keeps them going. And what are the other? One of the other band members says, "I assume, yeah, because we we now see says, he must keep you going somehow. He must have something going for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Yubi says that she should keep that talk like that to herself, or she might get someone in trouble. Eh? Hey. <laughs> um, and then on her way out. So she leaves the yep. club then. I guess she got what she needed from these guys. Um, and she runs into Aaron. What a coincidence. Just mm, coming into town. this small little club. I can imagine why he might be coming in. Sure. Um, he says that he set up this audition. Um, and that, But he wants to talk to Jessica. And he'll give her a ride. Um, so he was going in to see his band, yeah. but then he ran into Jessica and he's changed his mind. He doesn't well, because Jessica see his says band. that they didn't get anything. Oh, that's right. So yeah. that might make him think, I don't want to see but them. But Lafayette's standing there and he's yeah. like, no, 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 this is my, my fair. fair yeah. This is my fair. You're, I'm yeah. going to... Got the meter running here yeah. while she's in here. This but is the greatest day of my life. So. He's kind of indicating as well yeah. that Aaron's not to be trusted, trusted that yeah. he's going to hurt Jessica somehow. Yeah. And Jessica's like, no, he just wants to talk to me. Yeah. So poor Lafayette sent packing again. Yeah. Um, without his fare, even though he's waited that whole time, yeah. Jessica. Did, well, we don't. We, see, we don't see her give him any money, but hopefully he, she probably just throws some hundreds yeah. at him. Hmm. Um, and then Aaron and Jessica, we see them driving, and Aaron is driving like a maniac. Fictional, <laughs> fictional driving here. This is. He's like an epileptic holding on to the wheel. He's shaking it left and <laughs> right. Like, it's like when you put yeah. a kid in front of yeah, a, a toy, toy car steering yeah, wheel, yeah. and they're just like, yeah. yeah. It was really funny. He's like, but it's not even as bad. Like some places, you see them like they, they gently like a centimeter right and a centimeter left, which is still too much. But he's doing about six inches right and left. He's never seen a car before. <laughs> this road must be the narrowest, windiest road that there's ever been because he's. Um and basically, Aaron just comes clean to Jessica and everything. Yeah, he's yeah. a smuggler. Um. Jessica tells him off for smuggling drugs, and he says, "Oh no, it's not drugs, though. We're not smuggling drugs." Never drugs. Um, he says that because that's what customs look for. Yeah, they don't look for jewelry. Whatever it is, it turns and... out diamonds is something that he's involved in. Yeah, they say art, jewelry, mm. and there's something it's, else. It's because he's, he's only doing this to help support all the people that he manages. Yeah, he uses the income to help the arts scene in in New Orleans. <laughs> it's, it's a bit Robin Hood, but all right. Um, but he says that Aaron, no, not Aaron, Ben did smuggle some other yeah, things drug, back yeah. on his last trip. And Aaron got mad about that because if Ben had been caught, he would have ruined everything for everyone in this smuggling ring. Um, and then he goes on to say that Ben was bad, Jessica, long time bad and getting worse. Um, and then Aaron says that he didn't kill Ben. Um, and Part of that, part of the reason why he didn't kill him, I guess. I don't know. Justification? I don't know. He says Ben would have burnt himself out in a year. But he also says that there's no way that Callie did it either. Yeah, he, she loved him. She's been going through hell for him for the last 16 years. Mm. Which, 
maybe this is just because the detective was estimating before, but he that, that did, the detective said that it happened 14 years ago. Mm. Um, and then we get back to the barn. It's the barn. This is they're having a big indoor parade funeral at the jazz club where he died with a massive tuba right in the open caskets big band playing jazz music and people just walking past sad looking sad jessica and jonathan walk by Mm -hmm. they're the second to last people to walk by at this point i thought they must be delighted because ben's not dead he's clearly warm and he's breathing. I think he's moving slightly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they yeah. walk by, and eventually Callie and Eddie and Eddie Aaron walk by as well. They're the last ones. And Eddie very solemnly puts mm. the clarinet. Miss Emma. Miss Emma in the casket with dead Ben. Or not dead Ben. Well, he's, he's <laughs> dead. Supposedly dead. In the episode, yeah. he's dead. The actor was not. No. Um, and Eddie's really distraught about the whole thing. Eddie's quite yeah. distraught. Jessica and Jonathan are watching with interest. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, this is you know that there's a the meme where Jessica Fletcher's eating the popcorn. Her <laughs> <laughs> she, she had that look on her face yeah. here. Um, and then walks the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just sort of out of nowhere with the detective, the FBI come in and arrest Aaron for smuggling. And uh, the detective also accuses him of killing Ben as well. He, not to his face, though. No, they no, call he him off for off. that, and then he tells Jessica. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, Aaron, uh, Aaron must have killed him. He did the murder, too. Find out but... the smuggling or yeah. whatnot. And so he goes, the detective goes back to the uh, body to pick up the clarinet because the detective thinks the reed was <clears throat> poisoned. Since the coffee and the gum have been ruled out, it must have been, uh, rightly, probably, the uh, the thing that he had in his mouth when he died. And Eddie freaks out. He goes mental. He is not happy about him. And it, this is where you really see a sort of, you know, um, special needs side of Eddie. He just doesn't understand. He can't be told. Yep. And he's inconsolable about uh, uh, Emma belongs with Ben. Yep. He says, Mr. Sweetman Buddy gave him that. And um, he, that Ben told him... To never let anybody else touch it. Nobody else. Nobody touches else it. touches that clarinet. At which point we go. Ben and Eddie. So oh, well, only then. two yeah. people ever yeah. touch this clarinet. Um, Callie tries to calm Eddie down. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to. And then the police well, haul him off. Haul but off I, I assumed he was getting arrested too at that point because yeah. he was sort of threatening the police and mm. all of that. But he's not. I mean, he is black, so they probably would have. A, I mean, they just throw him away for nothing. Probably would have shot him really yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. Um. So then they go back to the police station. Oh, so Jessica says, are they sure about the clarinet? And the detective says, well, it must be the clarinet because I've tested every single piece of gum. Yeah. And it, every Nothing every else. piece Everything of gum in New Orleans is yeah. clean. So it must be the clarinet. They go back to the police station. And now they're calling it the Coleman Sextet. Yeah, yeah, which makes more <laughs> sense because we were sure we saw six people earlier on. But okay. Um... Detective says that Aaron took the group around the country yeah. half a dozen times. Um, out customs, of the country. Sorry, out of the country. Yeah. Customs said they'd been, they were sure they'd been smuggling jewelry, art, and artifacts, is the wow. other word he used. Um, a tr- and then he mentions that a trumpet player in another group was found with diamonds and marijuana in Japan. JB doesn't understand how Aaron, being a smuggler, also makes him a murder suspect. 
Um, there's lots of talking about... He says it couldn't be plainer. Ben threatened to tell the authorities about the smuggling if he didn't let him out of the... Oh, there's contract, a contract. That's right. They had a contract. So he thinks Ben was blackmailing him out of, to get out of the contract. There's a lot of sort of back and forth discussion that actually ends up meaning nothing. It's just... Well, I mean, yeah, it's a good through. enough reason. I mean, means motive and opportunity. You certainly, sh- you certainly could arrest them. Um, and then there's a phone ring, call. Ring. And the tests have come back. The clarinet reed had no poison on it. it and this is like on it. nothing on it. Nothing. Yes. And this is this is this conversation as well. You like the phone rings, he picks yeah. up the phone, goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, bye, and hangs up. It's real good fake <laughs> phone call acting here. <laughs> but yeah, he's like he looks d- d- distraught by the fact that the reed doesn't have anything on it. It doesn't but, seem to know that reeds are changed yeah. on instruments. <laughs> it's not They're fixed, not permanent. So, you know. Um, so off to the T V station now. Because um, they're to do the big review that Jessica's apparently promised this uh, TV yeah, exec to get the guys' This is finally, job Jessica was supposed to be here t- today yeah. instead of two days ago. Finally in time for her, her show. Her show. Up, yes. And um, Holly and, Holly, Harley, Hurley, whatever the TV executive guy's name was, he and Jonathan are arguing about doing it live. Doing it live. And they talk, but Jessica is focused on the denture cleaning commercial <laughs> it's been filmed which i don't which seems weird in a tv news studio that they're also filming denture cleaning commercials i thought it was just the commercial during the program no you see that they're, they're doing it live so they're recording a, uh, an episode of this right. uh, uh, this thing i don't really see <laughs> what the the commercial showed her though yeah so the, the woman in the commercial says she's eating blueberries and there are dentures are all stained so they put it in a denture cleaner. Oh, it's the staining. Yeah, so it removes the staining of the blueberry. So she goes, oh, there must have been coffee stains on the reed. But why was that not spotted by the, now, the lab? I realised that when I played the clarinet back in, like, sixth grade, mm. that I didn't drink any coffee. Mm. But I don't think... Sure? I don't think coffee... What, taking a sip mm. of coffee mm. on a new clarinet reed would leave a stain like that. I think it's worse than that. Because the de- the detective would have taken the clarinet and given it to the lab and said, see if there's any of that poison on the reed. Mm-hmm. And they would have come back and said, no, there was none. They wouldn't have gone and said, oh, and by the way, there were no coffee stains. There was yeah. nothing else on it. You would just say well, the poison wasn't Even there. when the detective said there was nothing on it, mm. you would just assume he meant, he meant nothing poison. questionable. Yeah. Not that there was absolutely nothing, nothing, yeah, was nothing on it. Because it was, but they might have also mentioned, yeah, this is a brand new read. There's nothing there. Yeah. But they wouldn't have said there's nothing on it. You're supposed to read into it. But yeah, anyway, so that basically her watching the commercial is going, well, there should have been something on the read. There must have been coffee stains, she thinks. But she's right, there should have been something on it, at least. So that basically is uh, put the light bulb on her. So she flees the TV station. Before where, their live be- performance. Before their pres- which, what has been scheduled to be. Now, she doesn't know that it's supposed to be live. Yeah, she does. No. She was there when they said it. She was there, but she's moved away from them while they're, they're arguing. Jonathan and the TV guy are arguing about They're arguing about it. Live. But she's not paying she, attention to it at all. She, Yeah, when she first walked in, he says it's live. And then they start arguing and then she goes and looks at the commercial. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, so she flees at least. And, and look who's there! He's waiting outside the TV station. Good old Lafayette. At this point, I'd be questioning Lafayette's motives. Yep. Like, was he the murderer? Is He's he certainly going to kill Jessica? By the looks of it. Um. So yeah. But off to so. the cemetery. And then. And he says, oh. "Oh, of all the places in New Orleans, that place is dead." 
Yeah, and it's Hello. not dead. It's full yeah. of life today because of the big funeral. There's a big funeral. So Jessica gets to the funeral while they're playing um, Saints Go Marching very In. very happy rendition of yeah. when the Saints Go Marching In. And uh, the coffin is covered in flowers and decorations. And quick, very quickly, every leaves, leaving just Callie and Eddie standing over the coffin. And Jessica walks into the scene. Um, wearing not well, well, funeral we're, we're normal clothes, clothes not, not, not and somber. Callie says oh thank you for coming yeah. but Jessica didn't come to the funeral she just no, ran up afterwards must assume that she, she has and I suppose if you're a visitor you might not have packed funeral clothes with it but she talks to Jessica she talks to Callie and Eddie Jessica does and basically reveals that uh, she knows um, she knows that uh, that the, the must have been the reed that was poisoned. She knows Callie took the cup, so she reveals first that Callie must took the cup. She knows that, and um, she knows that since Callie drank from the coffee cup, it wasn't the coffee that was poisoned. So this must have been an elaborate ruse to make everybody think that the coffee cup must have been the reason that it was poisoned. Which means Callie must have known who did the poisoning and how uh, her Do husband was killed. Callie knew ahead of time that it happened, or she just suspected I don't. I think she, as soon as he died, that's when she figured it out, because it's, it's not very clear. But basically, Eddie um, breaks down and says, um, Ben wasn't a nice man. He was always nice to him. He was always his friend. He helped him all the time, but he didn't love Callie anymore. And he was going to leave her and abandon her, and that wasn't right. And, th- there and because was... Callie had been the alibi for the uh, robbery, which it's now revealed that Eddie was also part of, so not yeah. just the brother, um, but Eddie as well. Um, and so he couldn't, Ben couldn't risk leaving Callie alive because she would just tell the police that she'd lied about the alibi. So Ben had smuggled the poison back from South America to um, kill Callie. Had revealed his plan to Eddie that he was going to kill Callie, and uh, Eddie couldn't let him do it because Eddie loved Callie as well. And so Eddie had poisoned them. And then... And that's it. Eddie and credit tries, <laughs> credits roll. And we can only assume that Jessica just let him go free and Aaron took the rap yeah, for the murder. Yeah, she's not got the police with them or anything. There's no particularly good ending here. It just stops once Eddie confesses. Which, you yeah. know, he might not confess to the police. Yeah. Um, so, but Aaron yeah. was a bit of a douche as well. So we might as well just let him... Well, that's right. I mean, he, he was—he certainly was a criminal. I mean, I think Jessica has previously sort of, if not actually done, alluded to the fact that she'd be okay with sort of extrajudicial. Yeah, I mean, she's 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 not all about proper procedure. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so how was this? How was this pile of jazz? <laughs> I think it's more of what uh, Star Wars jazz music. <laughs> Jizz. Oh my. Oh, well. Um, any thoughts before we just get into this scoring? Let's get to the scores. Right. <laughs> this is horrible. I don't know it's how many a, times I told you to pause it, and I yeah, was just like, "This is awful. This is terrible." The good one though was that half the episode was music, so we didn't actually uh, we didn't actually have as much as we would normally do. I do have to say because. I, I've heard from our, our loyal audience members and you a few times that this was an episode about New Orleans and jazz. I was expecting a lot worse in terms of, like, stereotypical... I don't worry, she's kind of come back to New Orleans. Okay. Uh, like, like it was bad, but I was ex- I was kind yeah. of expecting, like, Lafayette's voodoo. pretty bad. Lafayette and... is bad. But Laf- I think Lafayette was the only really yeah. bad stereotyping yeah. that was done. Um, 
like I mean, the, like Ben was a stereotypical douchey mm. jazz Uncle Ben. Um, mm. but like he, like I, I didn't see it as I think I think I was worried about sort of more like racial and cultural mm. stereotypes. Mm. Um, that were they were there and it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting mm. it to be. Um, so I guess it had that going for it. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. All right. Well. But it was still terrible in many other ways. Um, so plot. How do you feel about the plot? I feel I feel five-ish about the plot. Middle of the road for um, plot? It was all right, I thought, plot-wise. It's a decent story. There's some smuggling, there's some drugs, there's some, you know, bad behavior. There's a few people who could have killed him. So, yeah. I don't think it was too bad. I, I, I think it mostly gets punished by, for me, by the blueberry stained coffee, the blueberry stained commercial thing being the thing that triggered it. Yeah. Uh, I'd have preferred her to, to think, what, when you say nothing on the read, what do you mean? Or maybe she could go down to the lab and follow up with them and say, when you said there was nothing on the read, did you mean nothing on the read? It's strange as well that that caught her attention so much because yeah. at this point she... I'm pretty sure she was aware that they were going live, and you think she would have been more concerned about that. Well, than that's why I thought that she was. hadn't heard it because she'd been panicking as a character. I think about doing a live TV like that when she hadn't been prepared to do one. Yeah. But what about you? Um, yeah, middle of the road as well. Um, I, maybe I'm still just expecting too much from Murder She Wrote. <laughs> um, I'll give it a four. Okay. Um, yeah, just I think there were some issues, but and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, execution. How well did they make this episode? I thought this was all right as well. Yeah, I thought they they executed the plot. You know what they'd set up, they did okay. I think with the big problem being the quintet, sextet, septet, octet. Yeah, no, that definitely um, loses some that, points. That, that for annoyed me. me. Um, uh, and Lafayette shouldn't just be there without a good reason for yeah. just always being there. Like maybe at the beginning she was like, you know what, I'm gonna need a ride around yeah. town the whole time I'm here. So You're why don't be my you personal driver? Be my personal cabbie while yeah. we're here. And I'll give you five hundred bucks and just follow me. Yeah, just stay outside the yeah. station. Just always be there if I need a ride somewhere. Like n- none of this ridiculous. Oh, he happens to yeah. be there on an empty road in front so of it's, a. It's probably a four. A four for me. Four for me as well. Um, world building. Oh, we've got a new book. Development. We've got a new book. We've got her opening libraries. Uh, well, which turns not up. opening libraries. Uh, we've got her uh, travelling all over the place. Uh, we've got a new friend that we made in Maine uh, mm-hmm. through Jonathan. Um, and she's made a new fan in, in the detective who, you know, got her book in the middle of the night. Um, I thought this was actually uh, some, de- some decent amounts of um, world building for this. So I think it's a seven for me. Seven, yeah. wow. Because five is the eight, it didn't do anything. Might even be, I tell that, I think it's an eight, actually. Because I also like it when it's a friend and not a, a family member. I get sick of cousins of Jessica's um, or cousin-in-laws being involved in the mm-hmm. murders somehow. But Jonathan's just a friend that she made me, maybe on one of the main TV channels before he Is that right Louisiana. that five is... Five is supposed to be the thing, isn't it? Like where we just no, don't learn anything. Yeah, if we don't learn anything, and then we, we don't we go, punish it, we go up for for extra stuff. But then what about? Because well, it still was consistent. It wasn't. So we so punish it for inconsistent. And if it was inconsistent right. and not new, it'd be less than five. I don't remember our rules. Mm. All right, I'll give it a. If that's the case, mm. I suppose I've never given anything less than a five. Mm. So I'll give it a seven, I guess. All right. Solvability. I mean, seems solvable. 
It, I mean, we were kind of shouting about the read for a while. It seemed a little too solvable for me. Yeah. Maybe as an ex-clarinet well, like, player myself. The, the coffee to begin with, though. You know, she takes the cup. Mm-hmm. You see that. Although, yeah. what the hell she does with the coffee? It's in the coffee cup. It's a half cup. She goes cup home and just, like, rings out just, all of yeah, her Yeah, exactly. Her purse is soaking. <coughs> um, so, it's... It, but you're right. It, but then it's who did it is, is slightly more rather than... Mm. I think Eddie was not really a particular suspect until he incriminates himself by saying I'm the only one that touches this clarinet yeah well that also seemed like a almost too on the nose then I'm the only one that touches this well then if it turns out to be the read you can be the only one that did it then yeah Um. but you know I think they didn't <coughs> spend enough time on the other band members but they did have Aaron and Callie um, as the main suspects Um. so you know I thought it was solvable I, I don't think it was too too solvable to get all the details right um, so I'm, I'm willing to give that a seven right I think I'll go for a five just because Ooh. I think it was I think it was a little too on the mm. easy side at, yeah. at first when there were all of these characters yeah. being introduced I was like oh well it could be oh, that guy Lisa, it could be yeah. that guy it could be her it could be but, Carol or but very quickly or, yeah. like all of those other characters yeah. became completely unimportant yeah, especially the band um, especially because they couldn't even determine how many people, yeah, people were in were the in, band. Yeah. Like, and we why... never saw Harry or did we? Or we yeah. Jimmy. Or Jimmy. Yeah, we, we did do, see, we him, see at him at the, at the uh, yeah, audition. Yeah, at the audition. But we didn't. He didn't. I don't even hmm. think he talked at all. So anyway, enjoyment. This I, is... I quite enjoyed it. God, it was so bad. What it was. No. I enjoyed the funny awfulness of it all. I enjoyed the funeral scenes, the stereotype stuff. Um. It's certainly not the worst one. It I've was ever just seen. so cringy. Um, just... I've enjoyed more. I've enjoyed some better as well. So I think it's it's a middle of the road five for me. All right, I'm gonna go for a four just because some moments of it were just so cringy for me. <laughs> when when they go into the barn for mm-hmm. the funeral, like <laughs> the coffin's just in the middle of the room with the band and the... like. They obviously just didn't want to have another set. It's I guess it's why well, I should be glad they didn't have it in the television studio. Mm. You know, mm. <laughs> they only had a few sets, and that's the one they decided to have. I, I suppose so. I just if you're murdered, do you really want to have your funeral in the same room where you were murdered? <laughs> Attended by presumably the killer. <laughs> so, All right. Oh, we didn't go over Judah's comments. Yeah. Uh, let me find them here. So Judah's plot. What analysis? Oh, well, so he he thinks that the only cliches missing from this were Mardi Gras and voodoo. Yeah, it's right there. I mean, you're right; those weren't there. But what other? That's all there is, though. <laughs> for New, New Orleans, Orleans yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm too disconnected. Um, I'd love it for once if the killer was the guy who threatened the victim in Act One, but instead we have a tortured plot about a simple man who killed for the probability for the probably platonic love and abused spouse. This would have been pretty lame outing for a black and white Charlie Chan movie. The plot depends on us buying the premise that some Vegas casino wanted to sign a Dixieland jazz star, but they didn't want him playing that tired old Dixieland. <laughs> Good point. I don't know that the plot really depends on the whole Vegas thing. Yeah. I feel like the Vegas thing was just thrown in there, but really, I mean, I that's guess he was leaving. Thing. Yeah, that's why but he had to kill did, Callie because he didn't want to take her with him. But did he... I, I feel like that bit wasn't really necessary hmm. there. Execution. I can't think of any reason for the cab driver character, so <laughs> it must have been a, because that guy from SNL said yes. The stars from the Hollywood Walk of Fame are visible on screen. <laughs> when was that? Do you remember that? 
I missed that at some point. There are three or four chubby old white dudes in this one to tell apart. Yeah, it was really hard to tell mm. the chubby old white dudes apart from... The, there was the station manager, executive guy. There was Jonathan, mm. the friend from Maine. And there was the... Um, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, the manager. And I was having a terrible time mm-hmm. telling those yep. three guys apart. Um. Almost all of the emotional impact of the episode comes from haunted expressions on Callie's face, but we really have to piece her story together because they barely let her speak. Right, so world building next. Um, transposing the dates, or is that just early signs of dementia, Judah says? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Murder on the Amazon, which sounds like it should have been an Agatha Christie book that Jessica read, but which apparently led her to do extensive research on poisons. Um, also, I'm starting to get a little yucked with the way black men in service positions service positions love Jessica. It's like a weird power fantasy for old whites who insist that segregation was good for everybody and made everyone happy. This doesn't stop, by the way. It happens again and again for was either a guy at the hotel or yeah. a guy on the train. I think because it's been so long since we've done this, I'd yeah. kind of forgotten about some of that. But black yeah, there's are the... mostly in service positions in it anyway. If they're not involved in the the, the killing themselves. Yeah, it might be one on the black train detective. Yeah. In that first episode. Mm. Um, I think we've already have we not already seen one black detective in one of the episodes. I feel like there might have been. Um, but yeah, it does seem mm. poor Lafayette. He just wanted to give her a tour. That's it. Um, solvability. This one really holds your hand. It goes out of the way to establish that the concert is going to be fraught. You get long, explicit treatment of the coffee cup, and the murderer is a is in a ton of scenes where he's the only... He's in the way, plot-wise. Definitely solvable, but not really any fun to solve. I agree with that, I think. You give it a 6 out of 10, though. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, 6 out of 10. Um, I didn't mention previous yeah. scores. Execution was 3 out of 10. World building was 4 out of 10. Enjoyment. The most enjoyment I got out of this one was guessing whether or not the band was going to play when the scenes go marching That shouldn't have been a guess. That was a definitive, there was no other choice. I knew we were in trouble when Jessica showed up in New Orleans two days early, as if to say, this story isn't about her in any way. But when she recognized the poisoning symptoms from research into what must have been a pretty stupid book, I was fully out. Um, Zero for that. Zero. Zero for enjoyment. I mean, it was pretty pretty awful um so quick hitters is garrett morris as lafayette Duncan, 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 um weird how in the 1980s new orleans had a walk of fame and a replica of the capitol records building i didn't notice either of those two no, things i don't I, I wouldn't recognize the capitol well, records I, building i probably anyway. didn't because they'd done so many establishing shots that were definitely from louisiana or definitely from new orleans that was I was all right with pretending that this was, I even just, if there are I, a bit too many palm trees, maybe. There, I did notice a few yeah. palm trees, <laughs> although maybe there's palm trees maybe, maybe. in New Orleans. It's a mm. warm climate. Um, I understand why the boys in Vegas wanted a new sound. This <laughs> sounds fresh out of the 1940s. Although that's probably what you would want from a jazz act, I thought, but yeah. Um, ah, yes, a rare curé derivative, and the band was just in South America. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I did not like that phrasing. Um, where did this dipshit manager get access to diamonds <laughs> and jewels? That's a very good point. Even if he was just smuggling them, which rich villain villain took a look at him and said, "Yeah, he can get through the this through customs." Um, in this, 
is this a universe in which Jessica's superpower is that she pays attention? <laughs> Two weeks in a row she gets her hint by watching TV and remembering something that happened the day before. I assume this episode has never aired in <laughs> New Orleans. Um, so he gives it 15 out of 50. Our scores together um, were 49. Am I doing my math right? Yep, 49. You gave it 29 and I gave it 20. You gave it 24. 24, sorry, had to tap. Silly 53? Me. Yep, 53. It did say 20 until yeah. I tapped out ah. of it. Mm. Um, so I guess that just leaves us with our Twitters. Some very old tweets here <laughs> from January 4th. Uh, good old dear ham sandwich. Do you remember, do you remember January 4th? Do you remember how it's happy like the world was? It was a different world yeah. in January. That's, that's Yeah, it's a good time to come back now that... Um. Oh, Jason, listen. Oh, right. He was. I think he wasn't able to join us on our previous episode right. at the time. I hope he's <laughs> joined us this one. He's got plenty <laughs> he's of time. Sorry for missing last week. Holidays illnesses and other reasons. Not because this is in crazy high priority. It's okay, Matt. We agree. Mm. Um, there have also been holidays illnesses and other reasons that we have missed the last nine months, ten months, uh, forty odd weeks, 12, probably. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> Um, also not because this isn't crazy high priority mm. um, about the episode he says I spend the first 10 minutes of each episode checking IMDB for all the various faces that the, the wife and I recognize this week the character of Ben Coleman is played by the guy who portrayed Mayor Royce on HBO's The Wire never seen it haven't seen it either sorry um, the actor who plays Aaron is maybe the worst driving act man in the biz all turning the wheel like a madman and nearly forgetting his lines the whole time. Even that much activity is too much for him. Like the way Marina Sirtis was a bad walk and talked, walk and act gal on TNG. 40 minutes in, there's a phone call that goes exactly like this. Answers phone. Kershaw. Are you certain? Hangs up. That's it. The whole call. Preposterous. No goodbye. No conversation. Um... And, of course, Mrs. F only runs into one cab driver the whole time she's in the Big Easy, which I think is probably the most ridiculous thing of the whole episode. Just about, yeah. Yep. But anyway. So that's that. Um, next time we do this. <laughs> next time. It won't be another. It, not, not next week, but, but maybe the week <laughs> after. It won't be another 10 months, hopefully. Um, we have My Johnny Lies Over the Ocean. Which I remember. Well, you remembered this one, too. Mm, so of course, I remember most of them. You remember all of them. Mm. So, no idea what that one's about? Do you want to give us any... I think it's a boat-related one. Oh, do you think... Does mm. it happen in Cabot Cove, or I is it... I think this is a cruise-related one, actually. Oh. But um, She does a lot of traveling. She does. It's hard to remember the specifics, but I'm pretty sure that's that one. But might be something else, actually. So many. <laughs> well, so you don't really remember mm. it, then. Uh, maybe when you start it. watching my it. body lies over the ocean i'm sure when you start watching it you'll remember yeah so that's us thanks everybody for listening and again email and tweet for, for next oh, yeah. week uh, or the next edition if you've got any thoughts or uh, or if you f even hear this and feel like taking parts but thanks very much for everybody <laughs> thank you we'll see you next time bye bye, bye.